During the era of muscle cars, souped-up engines, and great American road trips, Die Hard was born. And for 50 high-performance years, they haven't stopped charging ahead. Die Hard is honoring the spirit of those who have a passion for the road and what they drive by partnering with Sears Auto Center to give you exciting offers to help you get to your next adventure. Right now, buy three Die Hard tires and get one free with installation at a Sears Auto Center near you. Visit SearsAuto.com to find a location. 50 powerful years. Forever Die Hard. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Did you call Wow. Did y'all catch your breath yet? Holy crap, that was some unbelievable game. And it is ta- it has taken me a couple minutes after the Wizards, what, 131-127 win over the Phoenix Suns that had so many insane moments that the Phoenix Gorilla mascot diving out onto the court to apparently get some random object that was on the court while play was going on right by where he was diving. That didn't even crack the top five of the craziest things that happened in this game. Uh, I'm going to talk about it all right now here in just a second on the Locked on Wizards podcast. Ben standing here. Glad you guys are are, are here as well. Uh, wow. I mean, just so much to to get into the at, at a base level. The Wizards do start off their road trip with a win, 131-127. That is so not how Scott Brooks envisioned this, especially when the Wizards go up, what, 22 points in the second quarter, only to be leading by, what, uh, uh, eight points. Hold on. Let me. I wrote this down here. I, I try to keep tabs of this thing here. And by the way, of course, you know, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes. Normally, I make more sense on these podcasts, but you gotta, you, you gotta give me the, you gotta give me that this game was a lot to keep up on. Uh, you can, of course, yeah. So find all our podcasts on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at Ben Standig at Locked On Wizards. You can follow me on Facebook Ben Standig. And all right, so here's what I got here. The the first off, the Wizards were going up against the Suns team that had won three in a row, including wins over OKC in Boston. There was no pressure; they have no pressure because they're headed to the lottery, and it's a bunch of kids, some good players, Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker in particular, at former Terp Alex Len. They're all just trying to figure it out. They're just going at it, and they went at the Wizards hard. The Wizards go up twenty two points early. Largely because the the starter certainly had a, had a factor, but the bench uh, was dominating early in the second quarter. But when the reserve when the reserves left and the starters came back in, things went downhill. The Suns go on a twenty seven to six run, but then the Wizards close the first half with a seven zero run for a sixty eight sixty one halftime lead. And you think, all right, maybe the Wizards have figured some things out. They're going to put the Suns away. All. All, 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 you know, chaos will be restored to, to normalcy or whatever. Nope, nope, 
that didn't happen. It, it, the opposite. Phoenix opens the third quarter with a 20-2 run for an 81-70 lead. They're fast-breaking up and down the court all over the place on on the Wizards. I don't know if, let me see if I have a final number here on uh, Phoenix's fast break points because at one point, I know uh, Wizards uh, TV stat guy David Duvall, I guess he's the graphic designer, he said that Phoenix had already set the se- the NBA season high for fast break point. Phoenix, 53 points, fast break points for the game, doubled the Wizards. That can't happen very often when you have John Wall to get doubled, but Phoenix is 53 fast break points, the most by any team in the NBA this year, according to CSN. Scott Brooks will not be happy about that. That will come up in a conversation, no doubt. But the Wizards aren't done. No, 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 not at all. They go on a 21-4 run. They go up 92-85. This thing is nuts. But And then we, we go into the fourth quarter. It's The Phoenix comes back, but we stay fairly close. Neither team gets too much separation. Until late, the Wizards go on a 12-2 run. Um... I, I've, I've sort of skipped over a, a big chunk of this. When the Suns went up on that 20-2 run in the third quarter, Scott Brooks finally saw enough. He yanked Gortat and Marquise Morris, who were, who were not playing well. Same ultimately with Otto Porter. He went to Jan Mahimi and Jason Smith. Those two guys, along with Boyan Bogdanovich, really cooked for the Wizards. We'll get into all of them and, and go through the specifics. Um, so anyway, Wizards, 12-2 run. They go up. One uh one twenty two one twelve. No, that Phoenix isn't done. Phoenix keeps coming back, and every time the Wizards, you thought, okay, that Bradley Beal makes a big dunk, but Bogdanovich makes some free throws. He went sixteen for sixteen from on free throws, twenty nine for twenty nine since he joined this team. But every time the Wizards seemingly made that play to sort of seal things, nope, it kept going and kept going, including Devin Booker hits a three with seven point one seconds left. To make it 129-127, Wall then hits two free throws to uh, to end this game. <sighs> Unbelievable. I mean, I, I think Phil Chenier said he was tired just watching it, and normally that's like a throwaway line. I don't think he's wrong. I was exhausted watching this game, trying to keep up. I made a joke that I was glad that the Suns were on the road so I didn't have to file a, a game story at the buzzer. Uh, sorry, Candace Buckner. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't apply for you. But for the rest of us, that was, uh, we could just sort of watch this in peace, but, oh boy, that was crazy. Um, where to begin? Like I said, Scott Brooks will not be a happy camper with this one. They did get the win. They start their five-game road trip on the right note. They're at Denver tomorrow night. That is a tough spot on a back-to-back regardless, and then especially when you're talking about a, a game where you had to use that much energy in this. Now, oddly enough, the only two starters that played heavy minutes, John Wall played 37, and uh, he had 25 points, 14 assists. Bradley Beal, 27 points. He played 33 minutes. But Otto Porter, Marquise Morris, and Martin Gortat all... Uh, am, I, am, I, am I saying this right here? Let me, see, let me make sure I got this right. They basically played the same or fewer minutes than the, their three main backups off the bench, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, Jan Mahimi, and Jason Smith. And you know what? Good. In this game, it was great. Scott Brooks recognized he that, that his starting front court was not getting it done. And frankly, the starting front court has been off for the most part 
since the All-Star break. I'll come back to them in a second, but let's just praise the backups. You guys have heard me and Todd Dybus and others talk time and time again this season about how the Wizards bench was problematic. If the starting five wasn't playing at a high, high level, the Wizards were in big trouble because they didn't have the pieces coming off the bench to turn this thing around. Well, they do now, and not just because of Boyan Bogdanovich, but again, let's praise the Boyan. 29 points. I believe that matches season high for the year, the most uh, by any Wizards reserve this year. 16 for 16 from the free throw line. He wasn't 8 for 10 from 3, but 3 for 6 will get the job done. And I and I, I said this on Twitter at one point. It isn't just that he's you know shooting the lights out from all over the place, but he plays with such athletic arrogance, and I mean that in a good way. He just always looks like he's... It's not even just that he's unfazed. He looks like he believes he's going to get the job done. And that and that element is so key, um, especially when you get into the playoffs, you're going to be in some tough spots on the road or, or, or trailing or what have you. And he is just giving the Wizards a lights-out performance. He actually closed the game for the most part on the court. Um, some, with Otto Porter not playing as much, um, they were using Bogdanovich a little bit more. He played 29 minutes, Otto 24. Uh, I can't say that that was the wrong call by any stretch. Uh, in fact, let me pull up the fourth quarter box. Yeah, Otto Porter played 40 seconds. Bogdanovich actually played the whole 12. Uh, Marky Morris and, and Martin Gortat played, uh, played over seven. And uh, Bogdanovich in the fourth quarter, 12 points. Remember, in the, against Orlando, Bogdanovich, 15 points. He went two for two here from the field, seven for seven in the free throw line. I can't remember if he didn't miss a single shot against Orlando, but he went five for he made five threes in the fourth quarter. So Bogdanovich is proven to be a, a ginormous uh, pickup so far. You know, when we talked about that addition, the, the the issue wasn't so much this year. The question would be, what's it going to be worth for the Wizards going forward if Bogdanovich? Uh, doesn't return next year in free agency. We'll we'll get to that point later. But in terms of this year, the thought was he would bring them much-needed scoring and shooting off the bench. And this, what he's done here in seven games is mind-boggling. Way more than what the Wizards could have hoped for at this point. Tremendous pickup. But wait, like I said, we're not done with the bench. Let's let's take some time to praise this bench, considering how often we, we spent discussing how not good they were. Uh, when, when Marcin Gortat came on the podcast a couple weeks ago to talk about Markeith Morris, and he mentioned that he had sort of thrown the bench under the bus, and Markeith Morris helped rescue him on an island. It was, a, you know, one of the better podcasts uh, we've done because because Gortat carried the day, and I wrote about it as well. Gortat saying that was was not cool for the locker room, but he spoke the truth. The bench was terrible, especially the first month of the year, and it's been at best okay for most for 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 a chunk of the year well it's been better than that of late and it again it's not even just Bogdanovich how about Jan freaking Mahimi here let's talk about Jan Mahimi easily his best game with the Wizards by a million like I said if I if I tell you that Jan Mahimi got 15 points nine rebounds and seven steals seven steals that's the headline almost any other game we're talking about because he came in marching Gortat picked up two fouls Early once again a trend that's been that's been problematic. Or has been getting in foul trouble of late, but Mahimi comes in. He ends up playing a season high twenty five or twenty six minutes. 
five for eight from the field, not even just the numbers, but you could start to see his defensive presence. I mean, the steals in this case represents how good he was defensively. He also um, had a block shot. He was plus 38 in a game the Wizards won by four. At one point, he was like plus 42, but plus 38 in a game the Wizards win by four. Gortat, minus 25 uh, in 19 minutes. You know, as I always say, plus minus is not always a great indicator. It works here. And, uh, you know, while I, I, I didn't love the Mahimi signing from the standpoint that you can't play Mahimi and Gortat together. So if Markeith Morris is off, which he has been, or there's an injury or whatever it may be, you can't play two guys you're paying a lot of money together. So you're sort of, you can't really, uh, you know, you, you, it's hard to truly maximize what they can do. But it also guarantees that the Wizards will always have, if they want, a true big, big interior center on the court, and that's what's hap- That's what happened in this game, essentially. Uh, Mahimi, tremendous game, and he really helped uh, turn turn this game around. And, and, and I'll say this: I'm not remotely suggesting they need to make a change. I know some people were down on Gortat. He's definitely been off since the All Star break. Same with Morris. Same with Porter. The one thing I've always wondered about with Gortat and Mahimi was that late in games, circumstances always can matter, but would Mahimi's defense and rebounding be viewed as more of a positive than Gortat's uh, offense and and, and uh, interior contributions? I, I think that's an interesting concept, and the fact that the Wizards now can go with some combination of Otto Porter, Marquise Morris, Bogdanovich at the three and the four means they can always have four shooters out on the, you know, four scores out on the court, including Wall and Beal. So you can, on some level, get away with a lesser scoring threat in Mahimi, though, again, tonight, five for eight from the field, 15 points. He, he can make some, he, he can do enough around the basket. He's not a complete liability. Um, and he hit five of eight free throws. That's not a great percentage, but that's better than than than, than some might think for him. Uh, if he can make five of eight free throws with everything else he's doing, you'll take that. Uh, for sure. Hey, a quick word here from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell Tickets. I just went looking for you two tickets recently, uh, and SeatGeek. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how you do it. You go, you download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOWIZARDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you... After you've made your first ticket purchase, download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOWIZARDS today. All right, 
back to the podcast. All right, but let's stay with the bench. Did I, have I even mentioned Jason Smith's name yet? I'm not sure, but yes, let's do that because Jason Smith, how about Jason Smith? 17 points, that's a season-high 17 points, 23 minutes, and that matches his season-high. Six of seven from the field, six rebounds. You know, what What Jason Smith has done all year has been provide this team energy and hustle and rebounding. But what's happened over the last couple of months in particular, he's starting to make shots. He meant, he made, By the way, he went two for two from three tonight. The Wizards, 7 of 18 uh, from beyond the arc. And uh, basically, it was just Beal also had two. Wall went 0 for 3. Otto Porter and Morris only took one three-pointer between them and missed it, which is just bizarre that they didn't even take that many. But Jason Smith's energy has just been in infectious all year. And, you know, since the All-Star break, he was part of that big uh, second quarter at Toronto when the Wizards beat the Raptors there, and then he didn't play as much. And I think, you know, this is where Scott Brooks, I, you know, I, I, I give him some time. He's still trying to figure out how to use everybody. Oh, by the way, I haven't even gotten to Brandon Jennings getting ejected yet. So much has happened here. Okay, but we'll come back to Brandon Jennings in a minute. Um, but this is where, you know, Brooks has got to figure out how he can use all his pieces. Now, I think Jason Smith needs to play more. There is something to be said for... Against certain lineups, can you get away with using Jason Smith at the four next to either Gortat or Mahimi? He did today. That may not work in in other cases, depending on who's playing the four the four man for the other team. But I, I, I'll say this: if 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 the goal is just simply put out your most consistent players on the court, then I I think Jason Smith has got to play, and Kelly Oubre has got to sit. I think Kelly Oubre's got a skill set that can work in some base level when you're talking about needing lengthy defenders, and he's certainly very athletic. But we're getting pretty deep into the year here. We're 62, they've played 62 games. There's 20 left. The Wizards are battling for uh, for, for, for conference standings. I mean, we, I, I haven't gotten too involved in, in day-by-day, minute-by-minute conference standings watch, but we're there. I mean, just for example, the Wizards are now one game back of the, of the second seed Boston, Boston tomorrow night, I do believe, plays the Golden State Warriors. So the Wizards could be within a half a game, uh, or if the Wizards win at Denver tomorrow, the Wizards could be tied with with Boston for second place in the East. That is no, that is not nothing. That is something this deep into the season. And the reality is, you know, Kelly Oubre, it's just it's becoming harder and harder to figure out how to get him on the court. But that's especially true when Bogdanovich is giving you so much offensively from the three spot. And Jason Smith is giving you a lot, for, uh, you know, if nothing else, in sort of these intangibly kind of ways, again, rebounding and energy, and now he's making some, some more shots consistently. So you put all that together, plus Mahimi's presence, and, you know, whether it's Brandon Jennings, whether it's Sadoransky, Trey Burke even played three minutes and changed change tonight because Jennings got ejected. Um, you know, it's just harder to see where you're going to find spot for 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 Ubre, um, he's got to do more if he wants to stay in the rotation. I'll just leave it at that. Let's get to the Brandon Jennings part because this was another wild scene. Uh, Brandon Jennings ended up only playing playing less than five minutes, largely because in the second quarter, Jason Smith went to set a pick on five foot nothing Tyler Eulis. Um I thought, I know Phil Chenier in the broadcast didn't think so. I kind of thought Smith sort of leaned into it a little bit. He had his arms 
crossed as, as, as you do. I thought he kind of leaned into it a little bit. Euless went flying. I mean, he is a little dude. He went flying, and they the referees called a foul. Okay, it's a hard pick. They call a foul, whatever. Well, ex-wizard Jared Dudley, he wasn't taking that. He didn't like it. He walked right up to Jason Smith, not only chest bumped him, he freaking headbutted him, which was, I, I thought, just way out of character for for, for Jared Dudley, uh, especially against a guy like Jason Smith, who I don't, you know, I think Jason Smith can be, I don't want to say dirty, because that's not the right word, but I think Jason Smith can play, you know, with with a certain amount of aggression. And I guess D- Dudley just did not like what he saw. So he he headbutts Jason Smith. This leads to, uh, some, not a fracas, but all the players sort of, you know, gang up on each other. And you see Brandon Jennings sort of, and then they show the replay, sort of in the mix, he's... he's I guess, I, I don't know, he's doing sort of the finger guns kind of thing, as it looked like, in the direction of Dudley. And the referees went to the replay booth. They threw Dudley out, and then they threw Jennings out. I, Dudley was a, was, was a no-brainer. I didn't quite get Jennings. You know, m- maybe maybe there was more that we didn't see, or maybe I don't know what was said, or, or maybe I'm, you know, don't get that worked up about finger guns. But either way, Jennings got tossed, and... The, that led to uh, Sadoransky ended up playing eight minutes, probably because of that. And I guess, like I said, Trey Burke played a few as well, but Kelly Oubre didn't play play a ton. Um, boy, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting 18 things here because that was just insane. I try to take notes. I, you know, normally I'm at the game and I've at a home game and I've written down my I did my game story and I could just got to go off of that. Here, let me let me uh, go off a couple other things here. So just to put into sort of to encapsulate the difference between the starting front court and the reserves, starting front court of Otto Porter, Markeith Morris, Marching Gortat, 14 points on 5 of 19 shooting, 12 rebounds. Bogdanovich, Mahimi, Jason Smith, 61 points, 16 of 24 field goals, 24 rebounds. The bench as a whole, 65 points. What a uh, what a performance off the bench. And like I said at the top, you know, for all the crazy things that happened, I think maybe the most important thing to note here is that with Mahimi coming back, with Bogdan- with the Bogdanovich trade, the Wizards have a bench. When they, when they had those two on the court with Jason Smith, I think Brandon Jennings looked a little bit wired um, in the few minutes he was on there, but he's an NBA player and all that. But anyway, with those three guys in the front court in particular, the Wizards have an actual bench they have a professional looking bench we can't we couldn't have said that for most of this season so the wizards um that was good they have got to do they're gonna have to have a better much more consistent effort to to get it done against the denver nuggets the denver nuggets i believe were off tonight denver currently eighth owns the eighth seed in the western conference at 29 and 34 Denver is five and five in their last ten games. They're coming off a win on Monday over Sacramento, 108-96. They have won three out of four. Wilson Chandler, uh, Todd Dibus' guy, had a monster game against Sacramento. I definitely am really excited to watch uh, their big man Nikola Jokic, the passing phenom. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Denver's got a lot of, got a pretty deep team, a lot of athletes, and we'll see what they can uh, 
what, what, what kind of challenge they present. And, you know, the altitude is not a joke, and, and the Wizards are going to be feeling that just in general. And now you're coming off a game where maybe some of the minutes for some of these guys weren't super crazy, but the energy expended in those minutes was definitely, it wasn't just some walking up and down the court. These guys were flying back and forth. The Wizards, uh, ultimately, though, figured out a way to get it done. They, they, they barely beat Orlando. They barely beat Phoenix. Two teams headed to the lottery, but wins are wins, and they got it done. And ultimately, that's a good thing. Catch your breath? I still don't know if I have. But either way, we're going to call it there. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Again, find all of our other podcasts on iTunes. By the way, for the college basketball crowd, I did one with uh, Patrick Stevens. Uh, you know him in the area, uh Smart college basketball guy. We talked championship week. By the way, I should say congratulations to the Mount St. Mary's men's basketball team winners of the NEC championship. Our first college basketball guest of this year or on the podcast ever was the Mount St. Mary's coach, Jamie and Christian. They started the year 1-11. That one win was the game I was at talking talking to Christian before the game where they won at George Mason to start 1-11. Most of those games were on the road. There was a me- was a method to the madness. They were playing a lot tougher t- opponents to get ready for the season. Well, clearly that plan worked brilliantly. As Mount St. Mary's is, is on to the NCAA tournament, congrats to them. And also, I should say, maybe congrats to me. We'll see. Todd Divis and I had a, had a uh, plan here where we each picked an opposing player that would have the most points uh, scored on this road trip. I went Eric Bledsoe. He finishes with 30. I didn't even mention Phoenix's numbers. Bledsoe, 30. Devin Booker at 25. Um, Todd went C.J. McCollum at, at, at Portland. We'll we'll get to that game down the, down the in a couple days from now. But I'm off to a good start. I'm feeling pretty good about 30 from Bledsoe. That should be enough, right? Sure. Yeah, that's going to be enough. The Wizards will get better defense by the time we get to Portland. Maybe. All right, so let's call it there. What a game. That was crazy. A lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, even if I was all over the place. But I think I, my, my fren- frenetic energy matched the uh, the uh, the game that we just watched. So let's call it there. Thanks, as always, to you guys. You know, Again, find us on iTunes. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ben Standard, at Locked on Wizards. And hope you guys are doing good. Have a good night. Stay rocking and rolling and whatnot. Until next time, see ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.